0: We're like, something's going on. Something's bubbling. We just did our research and, as they say, went down the rabbit hole. And uh, that was the beginning of the NFT journey. And then from there, I knew exactly what to do. You know, NFTs are my mixtape. So, you know, I was raised on mixtapes. I know how artists drop mixtapes, how they drop singles, how they drop albums. I get to be the artist. I just don't have to rap or sing. Thank God. <laughs> but you don't want to hear me freestyle, or maybe you do. I don't know. We have a couple drinks, maybe I will. <laughs> <Yeah>. But uh <laughs> the boys got PhDs when it comes to talking about NFTs and that's nifty. That's
1: nifty. They come to this place to talk about the crypto space, and that's Nifty, that's
0: Nifty, that's Nifty. Your hosts for tonight's podcast are Tyler, Larry, and Slime Sunday. Damn, that's Nifty. Yo, yo. Yo, Hello, what's good? What's up? What's going (laughs) on, man? How's it going, guys? Fantastic. Fantastic. See, you're getting in the mood.
2: You know it, always. Yeah, it was East Coast after hours, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, right? Is it East Coast after hours right now?
1: <laughs> That's right, you're in LA now, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, midday. I, I I woke up late this morning, too, so it's kind of like, I'm like drinking my second cup of coffee, just like getting geared up. Like, oh, people are getting ready to go to bed. Hold on a sec. It's
1: yeah. fucking getting dark out.
0: Yeah, man, I've been on a weird sleep schedule lately.
1: Haven't we all?
0: Yeah. Have we all? I don't know. I mean, like, yeah, I'm just in my domain here. This is kind of a, this is the studio and uh, pretty much my my creative space that I spend 99 uh, percent nine of my life right now. <laughs> but it's nice to see some other individuals, even digitally. <laughs> I'm happy with this.
2: Hell yeah. Yeah. It's um, it's funny. Like, I've never met this many strangers in my life and I can say, <laughs> I consider this real life. I see you.
0: I know, totally, (laughs) right? I think that that will be the mentality of uh, children growing up. Like, they won't know the difference. It's like my nephew, I see him as much as possible, but the pandemic's made it very difficult. I don't know if he's going to grow up just, his uncle is just this face on a screen, you know? Like, when he sees me, he's like, I can see around you. Like, it's uh, it's, it's very interesting. And I don't have... um, I'm just starting to have more children in my life, like with my sister and brother and nephew. But other than that, I haven't really been around kids for like many years, you know, so it's children is kind of foreign to me a little bit, you know, and it's a it's fun, though, to see life through their eyes when I'm around them.
2: It's funny. I don't know why I'm just picturing you like walking down the street, like avoiding children. (laughs) (laughs)
0: It's not on purpose, I swear. It's because I you know, to do what we, we do and get good at it. You have to, it's, it's a lot of time by yourself. You're you locked away, um, man. And, then, and then also for 15 years, I was like a part of the night, nightlife. Like I was DJing nightclubs for about 15 years. So I was just, I was a night person. Um, I used to call day people. We had a name from, we call them daylings, just like <laughs> surrounded by daylings. Like you might catch yourself at like, uh, you know, stopping at a gas station at 6 a.m you're on your way home it's been a long night you just start seeing those people that are just getting up you're like ooh I don't even know if I relate to you people like who are you you know what are you it's like a reverse vampire role you know what I mean
1: and all the kids are daylings because they don't stay out that late
0: so. yeah yeah Makes sense. so yeah I was just kicking around with a yeah different group I mean I grew up you know but I still feel like a kid
2: yeah I agree with that. But I certain,
0: also
2: do. Are you so? What do you consider yourself now? With the sleep schedule fucked up, are you a dailing? Were you a dayling? I'm well, uh, in mean, this
0: like weird. Uh, you know, I I visited the homeland, Finland. I'm Finnish, half nice. half Finnish, half Italian. But when I was in Finland, their night schedule was like at two o'clock in the morning. the The sun is out, like in the middle of the sky. So I'm in that zone where just, like, <laughs> you don't know what it is. It's back on the home clock. Is it night? Yeah, who you- knows? Who cares? It all blends, you know, and then now that I deal with people globally, it's like, OK, midnight, perfect time to call them, you know, yeah. it's midday over there. Um, yeah, so it's a it's a new world yeah. and uh, I have fun adapting to it, though, man. So it's, it's all cool. The digital space is one of my favorite places to be. You know, I grew up here playing video games, you know, and that was the introduction and uh, holy grounds for a lot of us my age are like you know, uh, introduced us to that interaction with AI, you know, playing those early video games. And, and now we're making games of our own. That's what I'm working on behind me right now. Is we've got a little game development going on. So, um, yeah, I'm metaversed up, man. I'm all in.
1: <laughs> Love to hear it. So before we jump in on the metaverse stuff, because I do want to get to a little Bitcoin and all the NFT madness you have going on. A little
2: bitty. I don't know why I started calling a little bitty in my head. I
1: like that.
0: <laughs> i, I want to go all off, the way
1: back you have a storied history in the music industry before you went to visual arts right
0: yeah absolutely man um it's kind of it's it gets kind of crazy and i'll just i'll just do like pretty surface level because it, it's its own whole conversation but before we start i wanted to shout out my wife some of you are, might be seeing my coffee cup it says missus i'm aware of that guys i'm still drinking out of it anyway shout out to missus but uh she's played a, a large role in like my whole you know previous to even getting to you know the digital art stage you know throughout the music industry you know I've got all kinds of t- ties and crazy you know stories I mean even my wife you know if like if you want to see her watch the music video international players anthem it's with UGK like my wife is sitting next to Pimp C during his verse she's got a green dress on like I've got <laughs> I got ties th- got ties in the game. I'm saying, you know, and this isn't like by, de- well, partly by design, partly by coincidence, but I just grew up doing this, you know, like from the time I was, uh, when I was 15 years old, I, I learned how to DJ and I started throwing my own parties and DJing and like having the time of my life and being like, I never want to get a regular job. I just want to do this forever. Like that's all I want to do. Um, was DJ. And, uh, so uh, DJing turned into producing music, uh, I got really into hip hop, like really heavy, um, just like going out and clubbing and being a part of the DJ scene, like feeling like an outcast in my high school, so just like retreating to the nightlife of like, um, you know, break dancing, I was a big break dancer, I even taught a break dancing class um, to high school, ki- or middle school kids, um, this is all before college, uh, and when I got to college, I, I really got into producing beats and making music, I started, uh, uh, I managed a recording studio. It was the first recording studio in a mall. Let's go. But but that was like the whole idea is we were going to franchise out and build recording studios and malls across the country. But um, the thing was, it was called 3D Recording Studios, which is kind of foreshadowing for my artwork in 3D, but it was called 3D Studios. And uh, I managed it. And one of the artists that came in one day that I got assigned to work with engineer the session was a young kid (laughs) Cuddy. So this is 2001 kid Cuddy who goes by kid mask at the time comes in the studio and, uh, we record his first demo. I, I ended up linking up with some legends early on, you know, producing music. Uh, you know, I was with, with my best friend from high school. His name is DJ Joey fingers got featured on BET rap city, you know, uh, we were getting our mixtapes. We're getting bootlegged in New York that we were doing. Like that was a big deal. We're from Cleveland, Ohio. I'm I'm from Cleveland, and uh, going to New York and seeing your CDs right there laid out on the blanket. These are this is that's how old I am. Mixtapes are being sold on the street. I'm aging myself right now. But this was I've like the em. G.
1: I've seen no. them. No,
0: this was the, the the G Unit, 50 Cent era. You know, and my friend uh, Joey actually ended up hosting, getting his tape hosted by 50 Cent. You know, I'm recording a lot of this stuff. I ended up recording with a lot of legends. And um, yeah, the music business was wild, man. I got kicked around all types of ways, dude. I had artists signed to us. that ended up getting stolen. I got, you know, artists that, you know, got like all types of backstabbing stuff. Like the worst stuff that could happen to anybody. I got kicked around like a beanbag. Like it was, it wasn't pretty. At the same time, we made some amazing music and that's all that mattered to me. That's all that's ever really mattered to me. It's like making music or like making art that lasts. You know, I grew up on all the greats. You know, my dad is an architect. We had art all around the house. And uh, I idolized those artists. Even like the poor ones I idolized, the ones that had nothing. You know, we idolized and romanticized their lives. And uh, later on in life, I found out that, you know, it's not the smartest way to to, uh, be an artist. And hip hop really taught me entrepreneurship. You know, people like Jay-Z, Kanye West, you know, watching them and watching them, how they make their moves uh, uh, as entrepreneurs, making outside investments. What Nas is doing investing in Coinbase years ago. You're seeing those things pay off. And that made me as an artist say, you know, the poor artisan isn't there's nothing sexy about that, man. Like, let's let's get rich, man. Let's let's be known. Let's be understood. Let's not be misunderstood, poor, starving artists. Let's be under. Let's be artists who whose message gets across. And let's profit at the same time so we can get our flowers while we're alive. You know what I mean? RIP Van Gogh. You know what I mean? Like we don't, nobody deserves to, no artist should go through that, you know? So, uh, sorry, go on these, uh, went on a rant, but, um, Perfect. just to bring it back. So, so that was my, my, uh, my experience in the music industry. Luckily for me, one of my friends, uh, from high school launched one of the mu- first music streaming platforms. Um, uh, in 2006 it's called live mixtapes.com and live mixtapes is where everybody dropped their mixtape like tell from me, 2009 Are tell, you guys me, mix tell me live
2: mixtapes tell me live mixtapes wasn't like stamped on every track that that they came from because i feel like i can remember just live mixtapes.com at the beginning of like a given track
0: yeah man you, it, it, th- it all like that was a good friend of mine went to high school together and uh i was one of the first employees that he brought on live mixtapes Uh, I was transitioning out of the music industry. I wasn't really feeling how things were going. As I mentioned, I didn't have the best experience. I had the best, not best experience. You know, the whole time was a blast. It was a party, but you know, I was kind of hoping to get rich along the way. Just didn't exactly, (laughs) didn't exactly happen. Instead, we just made a bunch of amazing music. So my life has an amazing soundtrack, but you know, we're working on the happy ending part. But, um, so, uh, So yeah, I joined on with the the live mixtapes crew. He brought me on around 2010. And that's when I started, I stopped producing music as much. And I started like doing more general like content for the website that would go out on Instagram and, you know, different social media. So I would have to like create like promo videos and different things for big mixtapes that would come out. So it was a lot of fun. I had a blast doing it. I did like a little Wayne. I did early uh, uh, Young Dolph, 21 Savage, you know, like all these guys, like, young thug. Like I went down uh, to Atlanta and actually linked with thug on his tape. I came from nothing three. I think that was the name of the tape. But like, I went down and I met like a young, young thug. <laughs> and and, and uh, dude, he looked at me like he never saw a white person before. It was hilarious. They're like, I was a sc- like, I was a school teacher. He looked at me like, you know, he, he, he didn't see any tattoos. Here's a white dude. Like, you know, he was like, Nice to meet you, sir. I got the grown man handshake and stuff, <laughs> but, but he was like, he was just real nice, you know, like they introduced us on behalf of like, I was there on the behalf of the website. There's a video of it on the internet somewhere. Like you see me like milling around in the background, which I take great pride in and I show everybody <laughs> I possibly can. Just like I tell everybody to check out the International Players Anthem video to see my beautiful wife.
1: Believe but, me, that's the first thing I'm doing when we get off this call. I mean, it's, I have a- yeah, Oh, he's already got it up. Got it up.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, at, at Melissa Paradise. That's her. She's she's on Instagram, and she's still doing her thing. She's amazing. I love her. So, uh, you know, doing all those visual graphics and stuff, I just got really good at it. And, and me just being a cutting-edge person all my life and, like, wanting to learn uh, about new types of technology and, uh, you know, ways of bringing it together with entertainment. So it can still be fun, but we're still moving forward and we're doing cool stuff and we're, you know, uh, doing cutting edge things. Um, Me just being that person brought me to 3D art. And I would say the work of Anthony Tudisco, if you guys are familiar. Uh, Anthony, Anthony is the god, man. Like I saw his work in 2013 and um, I reached out to him to hire him for a job. And since he was too much money, I was like, okay, I got to learn 3D now. So. So that's, that's how the journey began was I couldn't afford Anthony. And I was like, now I'm just going to idolize him and try to get as good as him. And, uh, you know, I started, yeah, just teaching myself 3d, um, over the course of, you know, several years and then kind of rebranded myself and worked really hard and, and started to connect my, you know, past 15 years of being in the music industry. I started to connect with what I wanted to do with animation and 3d art. And uh, the, the names are coming to me, you know, people started seeing my work. Uh, Cole Bennett. Um, you know, I did a lot of work with Lyrical Lemonade, uh, a company called Wasted Potential that does stage visuals, linked me up. And I did some awesome stage visuals. I worked with Juice World. Uh, who else, man? Too many to name. Uh, Roddy Ridge was a crazy one right when the box dropped. If you look on my Instagram, you'll see a whole timeline of, like, all this different stuff that I did, you know, just kind of pushing the boundaries of what was being done, I think, in hip-hop, and it comes from my knowledge of all types of music. I used to go to Raves, I used to go to electronic shows. They were doing amazing visuals before, but people weren't really doing ama- like the type of visuals that, that we wanted to do in hip-hop. So we started doing that, and the big big one for me was the MGK Machine Gun Kelly Hotel Diablo tour that I did all his stage visuals for. Wow. It's on YouTube. It's one of the craziest shows you'll ever see, craziest hip hop shows you'll ever see in your life. We like take you through a haunted hotel type thing, but it's all like beautifully projected on a screen on stage. And then you got MGK just doing his rock star thing. And uh, it made for like a really, really good hip hop show. So um, doing all that stuff, you know, the whole journey led to uh, discovering NFTs in, I think like November last year. About this time yeah. last year. That's what 95% of the people we talked to is like, I think it was October or November. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? It was exactly for me. It was the day that Foocious sold a piece for 20000 I can't remember yeah. what it was, but the day that happened, my buddy hit me up because he, well, it was actually my guy, Joey, I was telling you about that was on uh, Rap City and all that different Joey business. Is- yeah. Joey Fingers. Good friend of mine. Like, lifelong friend he hits me up he's been following ferocious's work for years uh-huh. you know like going back like before any of this he was buying prints and uh i was he was like there's this is artist ferocious just sold a, a piece for twenty thousand dollars It's i don't understand how this happened but something weird and then that day i saw a couple other people posting on their you know instagrams like a couple things linking and me and him just know how to spot those red flags were like but like, something's going on. Something's bubbling. We just did our research and, as they say, went down the rabbit hole. And uh, that, was, that was the beginning of the NFT journey. And then from there, I knew exactly what to do. You know, NFTs are my mixtape. So I was raised on mixtapes. I know how artists drop mixtapes, how they drop singles, how they drop albums. I get to be the artist. I just don't have to rap or sing. Thank God. <laughs> but you don't want to hear me freestyle, or maybe you do. I don't know. We have a couple of drinks. Maybe I will. But yeah. Uh, but yeah well, so uh, yeah, right. <laughs> well, it sounds, but, like, um, the, but, it sounds but, like
2: it sounds like it kind of clicked for you. Like uh, you know, seeing seeing that type of money just uh, uh, be moved. I, I mean, the crossover between um, the music industry, entertainment industry, and the NFT world is you see it every day but people don't even know like the utilization in in in, like what is actually behind it most of the time like people like you like they see someone forefront you know uh even like going to a concert they don't know who's doing the tour visuals you know what i mean Um, it's such a medium to where like you you can take control of where you can you know create a path and, and just kind of you know blaze your own trail so i guess from your end looking back what we're uh I guess some of the most like memorable, I guess I would call them collabs. Um, when it comes to like tour visuals or or, or even like those mixtapes, what uh what kind of stands out most to you?
0: Man, the uh, the Juice World Memorial concert. It was at Rolling Loud here in California, in Los Angeles. We did they did a memorial show for him like the day after he passed or two days because he was supposed to perform there. So instead, I was working on a stage visual for him where with uh, his head frozen and it was spinning. And then I got the phone call that he had passed and everything that had happened while I was working on it. So like the stage visual went from like, yo, this is gonna be lit for the Rolling Loud, like for, for Juice to like, oh, this is gonna be his memorial piece. And it was like, right, wow. I don't know, it was crazy, dude. And um so I like redid the whole thing and, they ran it at his concert. It was a big moment where everybody came out on stage and, you know, I was just there watching by myself. And uh, it was just like a moment that stood still. So that one stands out to me. But there's been too many to name, man. The team um, I work at the Hotel Diablo was insane with Machine Gun Kelly just because you see your artwork come to life. And that, it was like it was like that. It was like a music video come to life on stage, like just totally popped off stage. How it all came together. Shout out the whole stage crew because they did an amazing job. Just I worked with some of those guys, they, the stage hands, the guys running the screens and stuff. Guy named Brian, they like really killed it. Um, Do different
1: concerts use different like hardware? Like I'm sure you have like projections, like lasers or whatever, and you have screens. And what are some
0: of the other different like hardware that is included with that? You know what? this is the great part about my job. I just do the visuals. There's a whole right. team that like they have their own thing, but, but you know, do you need have, to know like, any of that
1: when you're making it? Like, they, they have I don't a, even know how you build those out. Like what program yeah, yeah. and stuff do you use?
0: They. I learned about a program. It's called, Oh man, I haven't done like a stage visual in probably a year and a half. So uh, I can't remember. It's called the, well, there's a pixel map, but there's a certain uh, program that they use where you basically make a single video, like kind of like how our, our video is like a 1920 by 1080 YouTube yeah. size video. But imagine like a bunch of little, like little videos within that video. And then they have a program that you edit it together like that as one single video with all these little blocks in it. And then they have a program that sends those individual blocks to different screens across the entire stage. Holy shit. So, man. yeah. Do you ever uh, get
2: like nervous? Like, I hope this fucking looks right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it. You know what? It goes through several filters and normally I see something ahead of time and I've never been disappointed. So it hasn't been an issue. So how do you like stimulate it?
1: Hard. Like when you're doing it on your computer, how do you know what it's going to like, what's going to be the outcome? You know, just visualizing uh, it in your head. Like,
0: well, we have ways of kind of like testing, like doing like simulations to see if it works out ahead of time. But in general, you kind of, yeah. They send you like a, like a 3d layout of what it's going to look like on stage. So, you know, like, Oh, there's trees off to the left and right side. Maybe I should keep some of the content off those sides yeah. or it's pitch black. And we may need to make sure that it fades to black. So it almost looks, you know, Nothing's like a bit on either yeah. side, you know what I mean? So there, we're definitely provided all those details to kind of prepare us the best we can. And uh, yeah, it's normally it, it looks great, but that might just be because I'm used to seeing it on a desktop screen. And then when I see it, on a 50 by 50 foot screen, it's like anything will look good. But yeah, it's uh, I'm, I'm normally very, very, very pleased. And I've been lucky to be a part of a lot of awesome shows.
1: Did When you found out about NFTs, did you jump in collecting it all? Or are you just trying to figure out like, how do I fit into this space? And how am I going to like attack it?
0: Yeah, I'm trying to be a leader in it. I'm trying to do it all. I'm trying to participate. I'm trying to be I'm an evangelist. I get I, I go out and preach about it. I try to get other artists into it. I collab with them, so I get them into it. Like, yo, you're gonna collab with me, so you can finally understand this, you know? So, I I started buying immediately. Like, first thing, first money I got, I bought. You know, I've got Kid8's first uh, before he even did an evil. I've got one of his early pieces. Um, I've got a, a guy named uh, KDC Vision who does all Juice World's animation. Like his his videos rack up numbers crazy. He's got one NFT out, and I own it. KDC Vision, he's a beast. Um, one of the best doing it in animation right now. And then, um, yeah, I've got I've got some others. Oh, I got a Felocious. I got a Felocious piece early. Anthony Tedisco, I got an Anthony Tedisco piece, of course. I don't have an insane collection, but I'm also not rich, man. I'm trying to get there. So there you go. But I, I, along the way, though, I just picked up a piece from a guy named Crypto Jeweler. His stuff is insane. Like I, I got a little ring for a little Bitcoin. Nice. So. Yeah. yeah,
1: it's hard to get rich off of them if you're not selling them. So, I mean, if you're just holding them for a while, you know, it's like it's money later, it's not for right now.
0: It depends, man. I've got, yeah, we've had a couple, we've had a couple wins, you know, a couple big, uh, a couple big ones, but yeah, the uh, right now, I'm just dabbling, learning, you know, just we're all still learning, right?
2: Every we're day, fucking, we're fucking early, so <laughs> we got time to learn.
0: <laughs> um, that's why I keep telling people all my artist friends are. Oh man, like they're all be- trying to be too cool. Like, I can't come in now. I'm too late, man. Like, and I'm like, no, dude, like, if you come in next year, you'll still be early. Like, yeah. imagine the first year of the internet,
2: you yeah. know? We're like, not even a dial come- up yet.
0: Yeah. <laughs> imagine, imagine. Yeah. Wow, man. Yeah, we're before mixtapes wow. right now. <laughs> records.
2: We're before mixtapes right now.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're, uh, yeah, we're, we're super early, man. So I, I encourage everybody to just, Jump in man have have some fun because it's a blast it's a it's a roller coaster that's sometimes falls off the hinges and you need to look out <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because it could be possibly very dangerous it's a very dangerous roller coaster but you know it's a thrill if you're yeah. into
2: it yeah i mean it pulls out everyone's like the entrepreneur and everyone right and just kind of getting the background from from you it's kind of like it's a natural progression just to it right into another space that you can you know really kind of create something on your own now this is a totally unrelated question but what's your favorite mixtape standalone and or series
0: man my favorite mixtape would have to be favorite mixtape i always go back to dirty sprite you know future yeah it's like one of my favorite mixtapes um let me see uh, mm, uh mixtape series
2: uh if i go to series i'm going dedication I, I, yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna maybe say the droughts. Wait,
0: which one? Lil Wayne dedication. Yeah, Lil Wayne dedication. That's like a really popular one. Uh, all the way through. I, I, I can't be, I can't like say because it's too political, you know. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I, I will say that you know, all my favorite tapes are on live mixtapes, man. So Helena, yeah. The one that got you into three D was No Ceilings 2. It was a. Uh, that didn't get me into 3d it was just like an after effects thing that i did but okay the funny thing about it was i posted it to a private video to a private youtube and i sent that to wayne's people like hey check out the you know let me know what you think wayne posted that (laughs) like that same video link so all of a sudden i got all of these followers on youtube to this day I don't even think I've posted anything else to it. It might be like that and maybe two other videos. And then there's all these people that followed me because of Little Wayne posted my personal link.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing.
0: <laughs> Dude, there's just there's too many stories like that, man. It goes on and on. Like, this game is fun. And that's why I tell people, like, anybody, to me, I always give it up to hip-hop because I came into the hip-hop world in, like, 1999, and my life turned into an adventure that, like, I couldn't really describe, you know, the people that I've met. There's been a lot of other parts, but that's been like the overlying theme. is just I've always been a part of it. And there's 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 something here for everybody. Like if you join in, you can find a mode of expression that really speaks to you. I mean I'm rocking this death row today, this death row hat, because I just did a death row NFT. And the first rap I ever got my hands on was a doggy style cassette tape that I had to hide under the mattress when I was in fifth grade. You know? <laughs> So the fact that from that point to doing a collaboration with Death Row, it's like, that's the adventure you can expect for yourself. If you just go out and do, you know, do whatever it is that you want to do. Like you will find your way and there'll be all kinds of little cool things along the way that, you know, you'll be able to look back on. That's the beautiful thing about art. It's like breadcrumbs along the way. You can just go back and visit. You know what I mean?
1: I love that we're discovering like the hip hop, niche within nfts now because we're we're huge hip-hop fans and what you guys were talking about earlier about hip-hop being so entrepreneurial based and not even like in real life but literally in their art you know it's about hustling getting the bag you know it's like by any means necessary and we kind of resonate with that it was cool to find people like yourself kid eight milo that come from like this hip-hop mixtape album art background you know and it kind of links everything together for us we're just fans of the art you guys were always producing, but didn't know who did that. You know, it's so so much a part of our childhood and and our adult years too.
0: Yeah, way, way before uh, I got, you know, started getting my hands into this thing, stuff like around 2010, I was really, because I was just getting on with the live mixtapes guys on that website, I was pushing for a mixtape art book that would just be a book of all the best mixtape cover art. Someone else did it. And it's amazing. Uh, I own it. It's awesome. But you know, that like, that's how much like I saw it. Like I contacted the guys cause we were all a part of the complex media network. I contacted the guys at juxtapose. If you guys are familiar with juxtapose magazine, um, cause I wanted them to do a story about mixtape artwork and being appreciated as fine art. And, uh, they were with it. We just didn't, we didn't, I didn't follow it up with it properly but like they were open-minded to the idea and that's the regard i've always held it in man and when i you know like i've known kid Eight since you know 2011 or so like we did a collaboration on some merch where i hired him to do some merch for the future astronaut status mixtape that came out yeah uh he did the design and then i was like let's do since we're doing the exclusive drop our live mixtapes why don't we do a merch to go with it so we did a limited run of astronaut status t-shirts that went, came out with the future astronaut status mixtape, because so that was that was another thing I was trying to bring the mixtapes with merchandise. So I ended up doing the early merch from Two Chains, Future, Migos, like, and I've I've got a lot of that stuff too. It's gonna to be vintage soon, so keeping <laughs> keeping my hands on it. I've got an amazing collaboration between that I organized between Two Chains and the clothing brand Tits. Did you guys ever hear of Tits? <laughs> uh, I have not. Tits, they, they stopped doing uh they stopped being a company a couple of years ago. I think because they it was, I don't, I don't even know why they stopped, but it was, it was like very, very like, I mean, it's called Tits. So it's like <laughs> yeah. beautiful women, you know. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but I thought that would be a perfect collaboration for two chain, titty boy, you know, boy titty boy. Yeah, so we have like three different shirts, and then we also did one with Travis Porter. So we did like a collaboration between Tits and Travis Porter and Tits and Two Chains. And uh <laughs> You know, that was just like an early merch drop that we did. But, you know, that's I was working with all the mixtape artist guys because I'm using their artwork and promotional videos that I'm having to cut up and after effects, things like that. So I'm getting put in contact with all the designers and forming relationships with them. And uh, that's how me and uh, Kid 8 have known each other all these years. And eventually when I started getting into 3D, he started getting into 3D. And uh, we worked with each other for, you know, like we did a lot of music videos together and different things. We did the Sway Lee, Dance Like No One's Watching, uh, lyric video, that one's fire. Anthony Dudisco and his brother Mark Tudisco are also in that. Uh, We did Young Dolph, we did all Young Dolph's visualizers. Kid Ape was in on that, Anthony Dudisco was in on that. If you go back and watch the Young Dolph, uh, his visualizers for that that album, what was it called? Can't remember, but it was, oh, oh, uh, Rich Slave. If you go back and watch the Rich Slave uh, album visualizers, you're gonna see some some hidden gems from Anthony Didisco and uh, myself with Kid Eight. So, uh, oh yeah, and then we did. What, pop- a, what a banger crew! <laughs> I'm telling you, bro. I put together this was this is my my curation. I put these guys together with the Pop Smoke release. When Pop Smoke, the label contacted me and they wanted me to do all the visualizers for the Pop Smoke album, first one that came out. Shoot for the stars, aim for the moon. You know, it was a big job and it was a short amount of time. So what we do in those cases is we call the homies up and we get everybody on board. So I called up my close friends, Kid 8, Anthony Tedisco, all the guys I thought would be interested in who I thought were the best in the world and deserved to be, you know, representing Pop Smoke. Yeah, we made a back-to-back banger. And there was a couple other people on that project, too, that helped out as well. But, uh, you know, um, if you go back and watch those visualizers, people, people always hit me up and, you know, give me props for the Pop Smoke stuff. Uh, which you know I'm of course super stoked about you know as a big honor for me
2: I, I think w- when you explain like uh like just calling everyone up and getting everyone together for for a project like this I can't help but think of like like my dad was like a general contractor where like I, I've seen him just pull in a job and then he's hitting up the electrician he's hitting up the plumber he's he's hitting up everyone to like come in and get in and, you know get a, a job done in a short amount of time. So you're the general like, contractor. Like yeah. that. that's, <laughs> that's just something that yeah. just kind of hit me in like realization from like where you're coming yeah. from and just, they're using it as a different medium.
0: The, the thing that I realized was uh, I saw a documentary about Walt Disney. And I found out that he did a lot of the original steamboat Mickey stuff, which is like, you know, iconic, but he figured out he couldn't scale up and make a bigger film. If he didn't have a whole studio full of artists. So to make Snow White, it took, you know, I think there was like I don't know, I can't remember an exact number, but it was thirty plus artists, you know, thirty maybe even up in the low hundreds possibly. But I seem to remember like he had a like a whole team of artists on board, and uh, I just realized if I want to be able to scale up, I want to do bigger projects, I want to do films, I've got to be able to work with a larger team. I can't just do it all myself, and that brings so many other pros and advantages because you can also find people that are better than you in certain areas and bring them on board. And now you're, you're strengthening yourself. You're not only getting twice the work done, but you're bringing somebody who's got an amazing skill set on your team. That comes from me wanting to follow in the footsteps of the greats, you know, Walt Disney, Todd McFarland, you know, guys that stepped away from Marvel and started Image Comic Books. They all started their own, managed their own companies. And uh, some of them more successful than others. You know, I try to learn from their mistakes and I try to study as much as I can to, you know, follow their best practices. And now it's coming into play with these NFT projects. It's not even, I don't even care about making a movie anymore. Now I want to do a DAO, you know, or I want (laughs) to do, I want to build a cool video game on a blockchain. So that experience of, of working with a team definitely comes in handy. And then in the process, all the homies get paid. Everybody's getting paid. Everybody's getting work. Everybody gets credit. And it's just an overall win. That is until NFTs came along. And now we're just like, screw all that, man. Like <laughs> we're just doing, we're, we're doing crypto art all day. So it it's definitely, uh, even for our former employers, it's been very difficult for them to, you know, rally in like the old team to get excited about these, these uh, corporate gigs when we've all been so successful outside of that world.
1: Price is going up for you guys, man.
0: You know, yep. it's a good time to be us. It's a good yeah, time and, and about time. I told you, I've been through some trials and tribulations, but I never want to, uh, you know, uh, come off wrong to the client, man. Shout out all the clients out there. They, ca- they keep us employed even at the rates they could afford at the time they're working within a budget that they have. But now we have a new structure where everyone can make more money. It's not, right. oh, you lost out on, uh, you know, you lost half your staff. It's changed the structure around a little bit. Everybody's going to win. And uh, I proved that with my first collaboration with Colorful Money, uh, Glow Gang, and Chief Keith. That was the first NFT that I dropped. And it was on Super Rare. And that came from them hiring me for a job where they had a product coming out. And they wanted to pay me to make a video for them. And that's how normally how these things work. That's how it's worked for the past couple of years for us working NFT, or I mean, us working 3D animation guys. You need a promotional video for Instagram or whatever. Here's your fee and da 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 whatever. So he's going to pay me like whatever, $1,500, you know, whatever they're going to pay me um, to make a little 30 second video on Instagram. So I knew that I wanted to pitch them on the idea of NFTs, but I knew it'd be too hard to explain to them and they'd never buy it. So I was like, I just did the video. And then when they called up and asked about, you know, when it came time to pay, okay, how much do we owe you? I said, okay, guys, brace yourself. I got this idea, right? How about instead of you paying me, why don't we sell this NFT together? And then we'll just split the cash. And um, instead of him paying me that $2,000, we ended up split 30 grand together, you know? So look at the, look at, look at, the scenario, how it changed from me pay you for digital content to both of us getting paid way more money and you still get the same digital content. So, yeah, royal, royalties, <laughs> and royalties. Yeah, royalties, royalties and and a headline because we got, you know, we got some cool coverage. And uh, you you also get some credit for being a trendsetter and you know on the cutting edge of technology and whatnot for for you know jumping out on a limb and trying that for the first time. But I just I like to tell people that story because. Think about how you can change things in any scenario where where everybody exponentially benefits from, from it. If you can just kind of uh, utilize the NFTs and these platforms for, for what they offer best. You, if, if you use your brain, you can really do some creative things to make very interactive, immersive, and entertaining content for your fan base. So it's just like an all-around win for everybody. It's the coolest thing ever, and that's why I'm here.
1: I've never heard that example thrown out before, but what a way... For visual artists to just flip it on the client to be like
2: you don't, don't know me see, anything
0: you know why nfts are cool because we're about to make some money right here <laughs> like- anybody that calls me about doing work now and asks me about how much do i pay you i say let's get a platform and let's split the nft and then you don't have to pay me i'll pay you you know yeah, the platform yeah, will pay us both so you know but it doesn't always work like that and uh, you know because obviously everybody has to be on board the platform it has to be correct this the, the the product needs to be right like everything needs to be curated very well by an expert and that's why you come to the experts and that's why we get the big bucks no. but you know it, it, it does uh i mean like get, get with somebody who, who knows what they're doing because there's a lot of scams going on right now and there's a uh, a uh, I don't know. I thought the rap game was bad. The NFT game is something else, man. I can't, I can't recognize the snakes in the grass. I'm still trying to figure it out.
2: Cause they're all on Twitter. Well, it's cool. It's cool to see like the artists like that situation, bring it to the group rather than like someone just like sending one of their minions out to, you know, go see who they can collaborate on an NFT with. I'm just picturing like, and I know chief key, I'm assuming chief key just wasn't there. But when you're like, nah, you don't know me Two Gs. But want to sell this together? No, store. I said it directly oh,
0: to his face. I'm let's go. <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't oh, have that fuck. cool story. I've got an even cooler one, man. I talked to his his, his like right hand man, his homie, his, his his brother. Uh, I don't know. They're not they're not blood brothers, but might as well be. Colorful Moolah. um, colorful Moolah helped the whole thing come to life, man. Couldn't have done it without him. He's the one who did all the communication with Keith. I talked to him. I've known him because. He's a another well-known, like, pioneer mixtape cover artist that, you know, he's in the circle of me and Kid A, several others, known each other for many years, and we, we're all still cool today. There was a trust there between the two of us because he knows yeah. my history, and he was he helped orchestrate the whole thing. And he's got some awesome things coming out with NFTs, too. If you're looking in, like, the hip-hop corner of the NFT crypto art world, like, Colorful Moolah is I mean like glow gang okay, yeah. is it's a no-brainer as soon as he can yeah. bring that uh, that that Keith glow gang audience and, and Keith already does his thing on uh, Grand Theft Auto, like the stuff streaming. Uh, yeah, well not just streaming, but like glow gang merch, like fleets of cars. Oh shit. Like, I, I don't know the extent of it because I'm not in there, but like I'm pretty sure he he like has it all glow gang like, like he's really in the, the uh, Grand Theft Auto e-commerce world, I think
1: what was the timeline for this collaboration on super rare? I know you jumped in in November and then how long did it take you to drop that first NFT? Well, we did shout shout out West coast bill, right?
0: Yeah. 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 Shout out West coast bill. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. So that was in, um, that was in February when that happened.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That was like, so, so,
0: so what was it? It was like three months of three months or so of kind of like figuring things out and how to do things and, Trying to get the right thing. I mean, really, it was the goal was to get on super rare. That's you know, for everybody.
1: That's the platform for sure, especially in February.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, that was like the spot. You know, it's still the spot, man. I love that place. I mean, those guys are awesome. We did the Death Row drop today, together.
2: What was the uh, onboarding like for you? what Was that what was the process? Was it like a stressful process? Was it long, like from application to onboarding?
0: Yeah, I just sent them uh, really early. I sent them a. I started a communication with them. Uh, nice. where I sent them my my reel or whatever, just like everybody else did. Yep. And then I just started bombarding their email. And nice. I luckily got through. And, you know, since then, uh, I've had great communication with them. Nice. Very cool people, man. They, change, they changed the game with that rare drop. They really did. Nobody I, does I, it
2: like that. No, no. That was like, uh, I, I've got a few pieces on Super Rare. We're in on, on one together. And um, yeah, seeing that, out of nowhere, was like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> just like that. And then like it went this up seems $3. Like, this, like this is illegal.
0: Yeah, this it, is, it like really, this, this ain't real. It took a day. It took two days of processing for me mentally. For real? Like the first day, it was just like whatever. Just like you know, I, like I see an email and I'm just like, my eyes just graze over it. You know? Yes. Kind of like okay, okay, like kind of like a newsletter or something. Yes. And then. Like, yeah, just I started hearing clamor, a little clamoring going on. And then I'm like, wait, what's going on here? And then, uh, yeah, revisiting it, uh, realized, you know, what was happening. And then I was just immediately, like, overwhelmed with gratefulness that they took it upon themselves to give back. You know, Mm -hmm. I've been working with record labels for 20, for 15 years, you know, for 15 years. No label ever, ever gave us a pat on the back like that. You know, so for them to do that, it was like it, you know, I just hope that it, it's more of this scenarios I'm talking about, like with Keith, where it's like, hey, let's change this a little and now everybody's gonna, everybody's gonna benefit so much more, you know. Right. And that's another that's another example I use is like the rare thing, uh, yeah. and what they do with super rare and how it's appreciated, it's recognized and appreciated.
1: So going from super rare till little bitcoin. How much time passed there before you dropped the first time on Google?
0: No Bitcoin was conceptualized in 2017.
1: Let's go. Yeah. Give me yeah. the story. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, he was uh he was conceptualized in 2017 and it was around like when I first discovered crypto. And uh, I learned about the concept of Bitcoin. I read the white paper. And after I read the white paper, it just got my brain going like what about a decentralized avatar or like, what about a decentralized AI? Like, what would that look like? And me just like being a music guy and, you know, surrounded by a lot of talent, you know, we just started kicking around ideas with my Illuminati circle of little Bitcoin people. (laughs) And, and uh, we decided that, yeah, we were going to birth this avatar onto the blockchain and it was going to transcend all of us. So that's what little Bitcoin is. It's the sum of our best parts, all of us, you know. And we we we're working towards complete decentralization, where he can kind of just become a metagod on the internet and uh, serve his purpose as a an, as an evangelist of uh, cryptocurrency, specifically Bitcoin. Hell so yeah. that, that's the that's that's the uh, I would say the current definition of little Bitcoin, but it's always morphing and changing you know, we didn't even have the technology to do what we wanted to do in, in 2017. And, and really every day I'm doing, we have a team now, a small team that's doing development on how we can pull off our vision, you know, our larger vision for it, or at least set up a foundation where we can continue doing upgrades and adding on to finally complete our vision of, of just having a, um, I mean, little Bitcoin really is 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 writing all of the wrongs that I was done in the music industry. Really, like little Bitcoin won't screw me over. Little Bitcoin will not, like, like steal royalties from me. He he's transparent completely. He's on the blockchain. It's all transparent. And little Bitcoin won't screw anybody else over either. So he's kind of um he's somebody that we we want everybody to get involved as much as you want with. You know, I know that sounds kind of like like a dream or something, but I would love to hear lots of different iterations of what Little Bitcoin is. I wanna see your vision of what Little Bitcoin is. I wanna hear, hear other people write songs for Little Bitcoin and you know send us the vocals and we can tweak them to sound similar. And now we've got this meta Little Bitcoin. Um, so yeah, that's the, that's the grand vision for, uh, for having this decentralized artist and creating kind of a blueprint for what others can then do.
1: So, what all has come out for Little Bitcoin so far?
0: Little Bitcoin, uh, we've We're building his social media. His Instagram has been around for a while, where we post a lot of the art. TikTok just launched. Uh, Twitter is going. We've got the Discord rocking. We did a, a fifty-piece uh, drop on Rarible that um, did did extremely well. It was in the top seller. We reached number two. In top daily sales for five days in a row. And then we've got we've got a lot in development. So we're really at a foundation level, and we're trying to show uh, people that are just discovering a little Bitcoin that there's promise here of great art, great music, and a lot of potential for the future when we can figure out how to correctly apply this, you know, uh, to the blockchain. Because we really want this to be a experience where. People can benefit from song royalties. They can benefit from YouTube royalties. They can, we're completely trying to gamify being an artist. Having an avatar, we're trying to gamify it completely so people can really root for this, for this artist and it can reward you for being a follower. So that's one thing we, we haven't gotten, I feel, from a lot of artists, you know, from day one is, is something in return, you know, for our loyalty, You know, yeah, sweet music. Cool. And that was something that was very valuable 20, 30 years ago. Now there's too much music to even listen to. Now I need something more. Reward me. Give me something for my, for, for listening to you. And I think those artists are going to win in the next five years. It's the guys that can figure out how to reward their listeners and uh, make it an even better experience. And we want to create that blueprint.
1: Bitcoin in like a year is going to be hiring his own 3d artist to make his mixtape covers.
0: <laughs> <laughs> or we'll create an AI bot that will create that will just create uh, mixtape covers into infinity. Who knows? We won't even <laughs> need cover designers. We're all losing our jobs. Um, <laughs> rappers are going first. Sorry, little bitcoins here. No, um, it's going to be interesting. And we plan on uh, another motivation for the entire project is the fact that I pitched these ideas to labels and artists over the years, and they never go for it. And I don't blame them because it's too early. Their fan bases don't want something so cool. They don't want something so futuristic. They, they want they say in the industry, you don't want to be the first or you don't want to be the last. Maybe they yeah. say that elsewhere too, but they say it in the industry, you don't want to be the first, you want to be the last. And I want to be the first man. I want to be the guy that plants my pole on the ground and, you know, my flag in the ground. And uh, I find that, you know, exhilarating. It's fun. It's fun to be there at the cutting edge. And, Maybe it's not the fact that I, I like to be the first. It's more of just I have all these things that, you know, dreams from our childhood and films that we've seen. I just want to get there, you know, like, yeah, let's get to Star Wars already, man. Let's 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 get to uh, Blade Runner. Let's get to now Ready Player One or, you know, I mean, even have you guys seen the uh, uh, Free Guy?
2: Just watch.
0: <laughs> yep. Yeah, I mean it's like game developers are new, the new rock stars. They've got a whole new movie. They've got a movie dedicated to them. How cool is that? Like I wonder how many time, people
1: man. just found out what a NPC was because of that movie. They'd never heard that term before.
0: Yeah, yeah, I know, totally. I mean, when you got Ryan, Ryan Reynolds at the he- at the head and you know, uh everybody else it's it's like a blockbuster film, you know. It's it's right up there with like Ready Player 1 as far as commercializing or uh popularizing the you know virtual reality and things people are buying oculuses now you know that, that weren't buying before uh, um, sorry my brother sent me this meme that was hilarious this morning he said you know what was it it was like you people you people that are pissed off about facebook and uh whatsapp being shut down make me sick people that were in oculus got trapped in virtual reality <laughs> they died there they die in real life i did see the
1: oculus yeah also went down yesterday what wasn't affected
0: right so that's like kind of crazy imagine uh yeah be like just the possibilities now are like the coolest thing ever so i'm trying to take advantage of them all i'm not trying to go at the speed of these labels that want to be snails and you know catch up down the line when the trends have already caught on i want to do it now man so that's what we're doing we're just taking we took matters into our own hands and little little Bitcoin's going to go the places that the labels are scared to go to show them like, Hey, it's okay over here. You can do cool stuff. You can do augmented reality. You can do like QR code related geographically related things. You can do large scale projections, you know, just, I don't know. Why does Kanye get to be the only guy that gets to do cool stuff? You know <laughs> what I mean? Like let's, let's experiment a little. Let's have some fun, man.
1: Well, it sounds like you're bringing some of the labels on board, right? So death row, yeah. you, yeah. you know, how did that all work out? Were you just like reaching out to them and being like explaining all this shit?
0: (laughs) No, not at all, man. I work with a company called flux 88 and flux 88 works with, uh, entertainment one guys and E one owns death row. So I've been pitching these virtual reality, 360 degree websites, uh, for a couple years now. The first one I did was a juice world. We did a virtual garden for him. Uh, we did, um, I did one for Buster Rhymes. It's called the Buster Rhymes Bunker, and uh, it was a five-story, 360-degree virtual environment that you could explore. That's and uh, dude, it was it was sick. I've got a whole half-hour tour that I do on YouTube. I think the vocal audio was too loud, though. Sorry about that. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it's, I mean, so you can see the like a whole tour, and I think the website's still up. And then uh, of course we did the Death Row experience, which you know is really like. Where I'm at the best of our uh, virtual museum portfolio so far, but now we've opened up the Crypto Money Mansion on littlebitcoin.com, so that's going to be like a new space. But uh, yeah, so uh, to answer your question, I was doing these virtual museums. They saw what I had done for for Busta and uh, for Juice, and they pitched the idea to to Death Row, and we decided to move forward with it. And now it's become like this huge thing where we're opening rooms one at a time. Uh, we've got, I think, three or four more rooms to, to open. We just opened one this past week. So you can still go in there. And that's that's really cool. We're actually developing a whole platform around building these 360 degree virtual websites that, you know, is going to change the game. Is that on the blockchain? It's on the web. It's all web-based, but we're working out the smart contract stuff and even how to integrate that. We have, we have uh, like short-term fixes. I mean, even just like linking out to you know, just providing a virtual world that links out to blockchain, you know, to your Open Sea or whatever. We yeah. can do all those implementations, and uh, we're we're coming up with a lot of cool different like bonus and add-on stuff, like scavenger hunts. Oh and, yeah, uh, c- connecting directly to the Discord so that while you're within the experience, you can participate in the Discord. So you're gonna start seeing a lot of those things on littlebitcoin.com at the Crypto Money Mansion that's going to be the test grounds for a lot of stuff that we're then going to go pitch to labels. And uh, if they want, you know, similar type of things, we can, we can build it. But little Bitcoin serves as a great case study for, Hey guys, this is what's possible. If you're interested, you know, and uh, if not, we keep the secret to ourselves. It's all good.
1: I can just imagine walking around in the death row house and you see a platinum plaque on the wall for Dr. Dre, and you could have a, a thing under there that's got your
0: wallet address because someone owns that 3D object,
1: like, yeah. in the house, you know?
0: Yeah. It, I mean, it's there right now. You can do it. Like, yeah. We've got NFTs in within the environment. You can, okay. Yeah, yeah. You can click on them and purchase the NFTs. Most of uh, Death Row's NFTs have been available on Fanopoly, Phenopoli, but we did do the collaboration. My collaboration was with them and SuperRare so that one links out to super rare uh we we have a whole nft gallery that we're opening where it's under construction but we'll be opening that shortly uh before the end of the year for sure so it's death row has been the coolest label to work with uh i really wasn't sure you know just knowing being a hip-hop fan and death row always kind of being like i don't know what you would describe them as as like the uh They're not like the dark side or anything like that. But they're just, yeah, they're tough. It's like aggressive (laughs) or something, you know. And you just, it's intimidating. They're very intimidating, and yeah, they've always had that that vibe to them. But I found working with their team has been the complete opposite. I feel that that's a fat, partly a fabrication. Uh, Of of course, we know the truths to some of the things that are actually been proven with facts and 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 personal accounts. But (laughs) talking to John Payne, the guy, you know, uh, one of the people that's been there since day one and getting his perspective on things where he was just like, things were blown out of proportion as far as all the, you know, uh, the the stories that you hear. A lot of that stuff was almost like on some racism. Them just kind of like putting that on a black owned label that was going through some hard times, but don't quote me on it because I wasn't there. I didn't see it. So I don't know. What an easy. So don't quote me boy. I ain't said shit. (laughs) Yeah. I'll I'll plead the fifth. Um, We actually,
1: we need to be in touch then because Actually, we were thinking about a way for – we have three friends that collect NFTs together of displaying, like, our collection in, like, a really cool way. A fucking 360-degree website would be unbelievable, dude. It's
0: pretty awesome, man. Jump on uh, deathrowexperience.com. I got them up. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. We're looking at it. Yeah, you can take a peek around. Look up in the sky, and there's, like, a return to part one. Go to part one and and cruise around because that's really where all the – that's, like, where we started. That's like the second half of the park is still growing.
2: So okay. I I need to dive in, but I'm, I found an article that's linked to just like, it's got like nine uh, different images of the, of the outside, okay. the inside, and stuff. It's fucking yeah. sick, dude. This is like this is what this I is would exactly picture. Yeah, what yeah. we were
1: thinking about. Yeah. yeah, didn't know people were on that yet. So that's sick. You've been working this for a while. It's clean. No, I
0: and mean, check the resume, bro. We've been doing this, and uh, <laughs> you know we're just excited to keep doing it, and to and now like people are interested in this stuff and you know it's, it's not about who gets there or when they get there it's just about being positive about creating cool stuff together and uh what do you bring to the table you know like my whole thing has always been proactiveness on anybody's behalf if you're on my team I want somebody that's proactive like I don't want to have to remind you you're out you're a go-getter you're you're getting this stuff done because if we all do that you know, if we're running a race and I'm looking to the left and right to see where the next guy is, it's going to slow me down. But if I'm just focused on myself and getting to the finish line and everybody else is, you're going to get to the finish line, look to the left and right, and they're going to be right alongside, you you know. Best
1: product you can have.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's cool. I just encourage everybody to challenge themselves, you know. Go out there. It's all on YouTube, man. Go to YouTube University. Start watching some tutorials, you know and that's all i did i mean to teach myself everything you see that i do I, everything on my instagram is all self-taught well i shouldn't say self-taught because it was taught to me by youtube but <laughs> it was it, it, there was actually there's a bunch of people I, I would like like link to but i'll just say start digging and like look up tutorials and stuff because it's all out there for you to learn if you want to get into this stuff
2: i'm i'm deep in this just just staring at these pictures, and i hear you say construction like we're, we're, we're literally building. And I, once again, just think of like, all right, well, they're literally like picturing someone building an actual museum, but you can conceptualize from these ideas and what you've already done, what you can do and, and, you know, what's coming for you, for you guys, but what goes into like the collaboration, like with death row, for example, here, like, do you have all these plans like laid out in terms of like stylistically for how like it's going to look like from an aesthetic standpoint. And then they obviously choose the NFTs and in and, and whatever merch they're going to do. But do you have kind of free reign to creatively just piece this all dude, together? They've
0: been so cool to work with, man. They're just like, they're with it. They're with it. Like yeah. they've, uh, they've had minimal, I mean, they've provided me all the content to fill the museum with, but other than that, they were just like, dude, we love you. We love what you do. Yeah. Like just go for it. And uh yeah, so I just I'm really thankful to have them as a client because they've, they've been really cool, like uh, creatively about just giving me artistic freedom. And I think it reflects in the feedback that we get back on the website and also the, in the fact that, you know, we sold an NFT together on Super Rare for I think it was for 15 grand. And, uh, you know, they hadn't sold anything previous to that, uh, you know, anywhere else. So I feel like they're kind of just let, playing their part and the letting me be an artist.
1: The reflections off the marble chef's kiss love it
0: <laughs> it's all about the details man it's all about yep. the details
2: for real there's nothing it's about nice. the details
0: but it's also about you know knowing when to call it a day and turn the work in because you, you can don't go on be... forever i had a a client or i had a, a label that i used to work for i won't say any names but they had a creative director there whose motto was it can always be better Test. That's the scariest thing that you would ever want a creative director's motto to be, it can always be better. It's just like when I go to sleep and I'm in my nightmares, like that word just echoes off. <laughs> it always be better. It can always because then you know it's like every time you send it to them, well, let's change this, let's change that. It's just like, oh you really, yeah. if you're gonna play that game, you gotta have it in your contract. You know, you get two edits after that, <laughs> it's cost you this much more because it can always be better.
2: Right. That's, that's fucked
1: up. That actually just made me think of uh, like a visual artist. You know, you, you're releasing NFTs over time. But if you had one piece that you were working on for like 10 years where you were just making it better a little bit yeah. at a time, like on the side yeah. of your desk, and you sell something you worked on for like 10 years, that would be sick. You know,
0: I wonder if like, that's like what people think of that Beeple piece, the sixty nine yeah, million dollar one. one. Yes. Yeah. just, yeah, it's a body of work that he worked on for the last 13 years or whatever. And it's all there on one canvas. So you are kind of seeing a guy who ticked away. I think that's what people really appreciate about like the everyday people, the guys that are doing that art every day. It's because it's kind of like a stream of consciousness, almost like they exist in that world one hour a day. Like every day, that's kind of like you've created a world at that point that we can can depend on is going to be there. Like one hour a day, we're going to enter into people's brain and jump out. So everyday people are... That's nuts, man. That's another level. I just wish it
1: was place. put all into one piece that hour a day because the people Be- <laughs> one just, it's overwhelming. Like I've looked at it collectively. I've never dived in and actually looked at every one. Cause it's just overwhelming. It's like, yeah, there's too much going on. I don't really want to like open every one of them up and, you know, check them out. But if you just spend you know, like an hour a day over 10 years, I'd love to see that fucking piece. Yeah.
0: Well, you know, are you talking about a digital piece or a physical piece, or either, either, either? Because there is that guy that he like built that you know like building around himself. That's like it looks like wiry buildings. You know the ones I'm talking about. Like no, I gotta it. check that out. It's like a place out here. I think in like California. But it, they were um, there was a big thing because they were worried that like a tornado could take it down. It could be a hazard. But then they proved that it was like structurally sound enough, and they didn't <laughs> take it down. I think there's a movie about it, but. That guy worked his old, Or if you want to see another one, the most amazing one of all time is that one unfinished church. There's like that church and I don't know where where the church is, but it was like one of the greatest architects of of all time. I think I've heard like, of it,
1: that. They won't yeah, finish it. it. They leave it because they, they don't even know how he did it. Right? They can't yeah, even figure yeah. out
0: how to do it. Yeah, I, I don't, I'm not positive, mm-hmm. but yeah, those are, are examples know? of like life of like lifelong works, though. And um, I would say that. If you could get a sponsor up front, cool. <laughs> but yeah, how are you going to support yeah. yourself in the meantime or how are you going to like I don't know I I think we're it would take such dedication dude to just be like my life is about this piece right here. Yeah. Um because that would contradict all the advice that I've been given as far as like, you know, one of my favorite things that people say is fail fail fast and fail often. You heard of that? Oh yeah. Fail fast, fail often. I do that. Do yeah, well, that. Yeah. We, <laughs> I, I, haven't, I
2: I don't think I've heard that specifically, but I definitely fail fast and often.
0: Dude, <laughs> I've had like bad ideas that like I did and then bailed on so quickly. And I was like, I'm happy I only put, put like a week of energy into that. But yeah. like, it felt good to get out of me, you know, like if I yeah. didn't get it out, it w- I would have felt like incomplete in life, you know? Yeah.
2: You'll never have to revisit it either.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, dude, I've got these crazy foam... Th- like things that I do behind me. This is real 3D art. This is I call it FOMO art. Do you know about my FOMO art? Oh no.
1: my
2: god!
0: It's all made oh. out of foam. Here, <laughs> FOMO oh, yeah. art.
2: Oh my god! You gotta send it to Pac so he can put it in his fucking FOMO verse.
0: That's yeah, crazy. Dude, like kind of foam. Cut it out of foam, insane. you know. Dude, so- that's cr- you do
1: that with like an Exacto knife or something.
2: I also thought you meant like 3D art, as in like it's an actual object, not that it had. 3D depth to it.
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, that is insane. Yeah, with, that like, looks like so an exacto knife. A couple other tools. Like I've got a whole tool set. Set like for about like a month before I got back into 3D, really heavy in like 2017. For a month, I tried to be like a physical artist. I was like, I'm gonna make this stuff, you know. And I like I'm, it, dude. It's it's dope, man. If I could just do that all day, I'd probably be happy. But like, you know, I'm invested in that you know, all this other stuff. But in my spare time, I I sit with glue and foam and I cut it up and I put it on giant canvases. I also make weird looking masks and stuff like that too. But, you know, it's just a different compartmentalize my art. You know, some of it I take more serious than others. Some is more of just like exercises. Some is just, you know, uh, like uh, you have to get out of your system or else you're going to feel incomplete. So that's what that work was for me, you know.
1: I feel like it would be like a song to get stuck in your head that you just have to play it and then it goes away.
0: Yeah. Yeah. See, I've never been one of those guys, even though I was a music producer for all those years, I never played any instruments. Like I was like a good DJ, but like I sucked at melody and like, I had a great partner, like my partner and my production team, he was really, he was the best at melody I've ever heard. So when we brought together my DJ sensibilities with his, you know, musicianship, we would make really cool music together. But like, you know, that's one thing I've really, like, music was a challenge for me. Is that the kick drums? Yeah, the kick drums, yeah. Uh, Music was a challenge for me always, but, like, art just came naturally. And, you know, I was always going after a challenge, so I was like, being a rock star looks fun. Like, let me go try that for a while. And DJing was sick, dude. I, I suggest any teenager or anybody, I don't even know if DJing is still a, a real occupation, just because, you know, it's so... I don't know. Do people still hire DJs and stuff or is it all playlists now and no. things like that? I DJs. see DJs. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't go out anymore, man. It's actually but, funny. Uh,
2: I, I just played. I, I still play men's league baseball because I'm, I'm I'm an adult child. And uh, this, kid, this kid that I played with this weekend, he's like, oh, I got to go to work. Like, it's fucking 930 at night. Where are you going? I got to go do a set. Got to be in there by 1030. All right. Do your thing, bro. DJs exist. It's that like, but he's like, yeah, he's like, that was my 30, life. Bro. couple
0: kids. Yeah. I, I just wasn't sure. Like, yeah, I mean, of course it goes on. No disrespect to DJs. I love all the DJs. I, man. I used to run a sick DJ record pool for like a long time. I hate jumping all over the place. It just makes me sound like Forrest Gump or something. Like, that. <laughs> This is a free
1: form you know. podcast.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Never <laughs> an agenda free form would be organized. But
0: yeah. I, I was very involved in that DJ culture and all that. And I'm happy that it's still thriving. I miss it. It's uh I suggest everybody learn how to DJ like, cause it's like riding a bike and you never know when you just might go in somebody's house and they got one of those little pioneer, you know, like the little, the little $800 guys that everybody's got. that does like little living room DJ sets. If you learn, you can just jump on and show off a little, it's fun. You know, as long as they've got cool music on their hard drive, but, uh, yeah. but it's the easiest way to make money, dude. You go, you get free drinks, Got cute girls coming up and asking you for songs all night. You know, it's just the easiest job you possibly get. So I'm always Sounds suggesting like
1: you, you did well networking as well. I would imagine.
0: Yeah, networking was pretty good, dude. But I was really into the music. I was like really into the music. Like, like if you saw me DJing, like I was like up there, like head bobbing. Like, <laughs> I I, I should have been like, hey everybody, follow me on Twitter. Here's my, <laughs> you know, like I, I was not engaging the audience at all. I was just like making sure that I told you music was a little bit of a challenge for me. I mean, I was a good ass DJ. I was probably one of the best in the city, you know, like as far as like rocking parties, I did all the big bottle service DJ clubs. I did all, the. I, I had a record pool. So I I I would get the biggest records to DJs across the country, you know, across the world. It was like, so I was all about that Saturday night mix of the biggest records, trying to make the big records to go on them. And then I'm working on live mixtapes and we're dropping the biggest mixtapes. So. It's all like understanding the culture, being there, living it, playing the music, waking up, dropping mixtapes online. You know, it's just like a whole like uh, it's like a lifestyle, you know. And um, yeah, it's just it was uh, exciting and fun and it never felt like work, never felt like work. So that's just why I've always I never wanted to stop, you know, even for better or worse. You know, even at times it wasn't that easy, but at least I was like always happy, you
1: know. Oh, yeah, man. Well, it sounds like you've got this whole. mapped out at this point had a nice like career in different facets of art and that you're now bringing all together in the nft land like dude good luck with a little bitcoin we're gonna be scoping them out on rarible so first 50 are out right now
0: right first 50 are out right now uh we're talking to, to rarible about you know the best ways to to move next know just trying to um yeah just make the most of of the of the momentum that we have right now because one thing that i've learned in my career is you can never sit idle too long you have Mm -hmm. to stay up with the times you know um and you got to keep out. you got to be able to adapt
2: times are fast
0: (sighs) you got to head
1: Spend around here
0: oh Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i I think the
2: best i think the best tweets are the the ones are like signing off for the weekend or like, are like, coming back. What I miss? <laughs> I don't a know, lot. Bro. I, yeah, I, I a need lot. to,
0: uh, I need to take notes on great tweets because I'm, I'm like, I'm proof that you can be kind of successful in the NFT world without participating in Twitter. Because <laughs> I, I think I'm like the only person that's just not on Twitter like all the time. Like when I get on Twitter, I get so like just overwhelmed. It's like it's been the biggest challenge about NFTs for me. it's not been the art. It hasn't been the platforms. It's been like having to partake in Twitter. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's just, I mean, some people took better to it than others, but like me, myself and I, I don't know. To me, it just sounds like a bunch of people yelling over each other. And like, I'm, I'm having to get used to it. No disrespect to the Twitter culture. It's just like, I'm more of a visual person. So like, I love seeing my friends artwork every day. I don't know if I want to hear their opinion every day though, you know? <laughs> So So I hope
1: Discord's working out for you, though, because you can kind of skip Twitter as long as your Discord's good.
0: Okay, All right. That's good advice. I didn't I didn't really like realize that. But the Discord's been rocking and I'll get the hang of Twitter, too. It's just I've been more of like a fly on the wall at this point, you know, just observing, seeing what's going on, seeing the lay of the land and how people move, letting people expose themselves and like maybe eventually I'll play ball. And if not, I've proven that I still have an audience Wherever I go, people are gonna appreciate the uh, dedication and, and uh, the experience that I put into my work. So I'm I'm pretty confident regardless. But I, I welcome a challenge, man. So Twitter, I'm coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah, yeah TikTok, we're on there too, man. Little Bitcoin is just on TikTok too, man. So I'm I'm really excited about that. I've had some friends blow up on TikTok that like are artists. They're not yeah. like dancing people, <laughs> and I'm like, there's artists on tiktok and they're like dude there's a heat like like just start posting dude just start post like shut up just start posting and um because like i've been showing accounts that do really well that kind of like are like similar type of content that i do Mm -hmm. so uh i'm excited to just find a new place to connect with people you know and my my tiktok numbers i've got we've got like like no followers and we're doing the same numbers that we do on instagram wow it's kind of it's kind of crazy yeah it's kind of crazy Well, it's
1: been an awesome time talking with you, Tilla. really appreciate you reaching out making this connection. And we have just made a new friend. I'm pumped.
0: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, me too, man. I want to follow all your guys' projects too and, you know, just support. And uh, I feel a little bit like a, I feel a little bit like an outsider sometimes like in this NFT place. And I know there's a lot of people that feel the same way that like, there's always talk about community and stuff, but why am I not finding my community? And I feel that way too, a lot of times. So don't feel like if you're listening to this, make like, don't feel like maybe you're the only one because there are other people out there that are looking for an audience. I'm glad I can find YouTube. I can include you guys now in my circle. And I wanna include you guys in the the circle that I bring as well. And um, let's just all pay it forward, man. And just like bring this community tighter. Our corner of the metaverse is starting to pop and we've got some exciting projects going on in the side. And I just uh, encourage everybody to give us a shot, give it a listen, give it a look and try to support.
2: Bro, absolutely. And I I think even just doing this by, uh, you know, we're just shooting the shit and getting, getting context and getting to know the people behind the projects and kind of the lay of the land is uh, it can never be overlooked. So
0: we need you guys, man. We need you guys like having these conversations, educating people. I'll join you anytime, man. If you need a third host someday, man, we'll. Hell yeah. Bro. You guys want to do an NFT review show and now I can be a guest feature person, whatever you want. Yeah, yeah Brain I, Dump
2: brain dump Fridays. We'll, we'll just have like a segment, <laughs> a weekly segment. <laughs> I'm going to go oh, listen yeah.
0: to some International Players Anthem. I don't know about you guys. I yeah. got the
2: fucking video.
0: Can't up, wait to bro. watch. Shout out. Paradise. Melissa, <laughs> Melissa? yeah. Yeah, yeah, wow, Melissa Paradise. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to see you here later. All so, right, man. Uh, yeah, we're one, one big happy family over here and cheers to you guys. Thanks again for having me. Um, you can follow me on Instagram uh, Television. Follow me on Twitter. I will be making tweets there. Uh, at television. <laughs> follow, follow at little Bitcoin C M R. little yeah. Bitcoin C M R. Thanks again, guys, for having me.
1: Bro. No problem, man. Great to meet you. Peace out, Matt. Talk soon.
0: Damn, that's nifty. Yeah.